0: Hollywood was lit in the 1970s. If you wanted to make money like Fred Astaire, feel higher than the Chrysler Building, or even party with the movie stars, you had to sell your soul to the devil. You had to sell your soul to Eddie Nash. Eddie Nash was Hollywood's drug lord and godfather. His friend, John Holmes, was the king of porn. Their association ended in one of the most brutal mass murders in the history of Los Angeles, known as the Wonderland Murders. What happened on the night of July 1st, 1981 at 8763 Wonderland Avenue? What secrets did John Holmes take with him to his grave? Do the spirits of the slain Wonderland gang still roam around the Wonderland house? And what famous pop duo in the late 2000s ended up moving into the house only to discover an eerie presence? This is the true crime and paranormal aftermath of the Wonderland murders. Hotly Weird Paranormal goes deep in the Hollywood Hills.
1: What's up, Ufonauts? It's your UFO guy, Rob Kristofferson. Have you ever been curious about the UFO phenomenon but unsure of where to start? Have you ever wondered about just what crashed at Roswell? Have you ever wanted common sense advice about licking UFOs? The answers don't. Then check out the Our Strange Skies podcast, where we dive into America's rich UFO history and uncover what these sightings say about ourselves. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and most podcast apps, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget to look up, because you never know what you'll find in our strange skies. In gray we trust. Hey guys. Hello. Um,
0: Geez, Bryce, I don't know how to say that. I this. know, it's
1: kind of a weird, serious start. <sighs>
0: okay. In the count of three. Yeah, we just have to do it. Okay, ready? Okay, one. Two. Three uh, guys, we totally miss you. It was so you. was a fetal Where position have you in been? A cold sweat. Like you have no idea. At first, I was I thought I saw Elvis, but it was my husband. <laughs> uh, me too.
1: And I also thought I saw Elvis, and it was also your husband. <laughs> That's how bad we missed we you. We missed
0: you. we were just having withdrawals, severe withdrawals. But we're back. We're back, yeah.
1: guys. Gosh, you guys were
0: so dramatic. You guys are like, when when are you guys coming back? It's like, come on. It's only been a month. I love but it, but really my roommates are
1: like. <laughs> can you go away? They are always like, are you, you're back from work? Like, I, I live here. You guys are the best. You make me feel loved and wanted.
0: <laughs> I know. Like, thank you guys so much. We miss you too. We, yeah, we totally missed you guys. We were so busy in the month of May. Yes. We are just adjusting to receiving and accepting emails mm-hmm. <laughs> without having a, a, a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And of course we were getting so many messages from you guys on Instagram and on Gmail and and our Facebook mm-hmm. and everywhere, like you guys were like awesome. awesome.
1: Sorry that we were so tired. <laughs> I know we
0: were really. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> there was a mo- there was a
1: moment where I wasn't a hundred percent sure we were gonna make it through May, and then yeah. it, and then once it was over, I was like, oh, okay. we did it. We really did it.
0: Now we need a break. Yeah, which is why we're starting in mid June, yes. guys. We just needed time mm-hmm. to recoup, time to you know. Just like clear our heads, just so we can have a clear conscience.
1: Commune with nature. Commune
0: with nature, work out, work on our fitness. You're looking Mm. very svelte. Thank you. You are looking good.
1: I appreciate that. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, do the whole thing. So... Mm No cheese is the hardest and it always will be. <laughs> Next week on Fitness Podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Neglect the cheese and the ranch dressing. I know,
1: it's so hard. It
0: really is hard.
1: And I'm from the Midwest so like pizza dipped in ranch is like my, oh my God. spirit meal. Like when, That's when you a go thing, to right? a party, mm-hmm.
0: don't you do the cheese cube or mm-hmm. the cheese slice and then you put the layer of dressing and Ooh. then you put another cheese slice and then you finish it off that with more dressing? Amazing. Yeah. That's... That is the problem.
1: I, I know yeah. I have, like, a full-on addiction problem. Because, like, the things that I try and rationalize, I'm like, I can eat a bag of shredded cheese for lunch. Like, that's healthy. Yeah, that's it's not healthy. a problem. It's... I mean,
0: the Dairy Fairy and I are just going to have to it's... make a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. make peace with this. Because yeah. the Dairy Fairy and I do not yeah. get along very well, FYI. Uh, I know, like, a pop, a pill, like, of the lactate, mm-hmm. and I'm fine. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're on good terms for, like, an hour. Yeah. But after that, it's like, okay, <laughs> oh, no, bueno. No. no bueno.
1: Yeah, so it is actually, Um, I am doing a fitness competition in like two weeks. So that's why I'm like trying to be so strict. Because normally I'm not quite this strict. But thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. You look good. Thanks, girl. You
0: look so L.A.
1: Oh, my God. You, God. you look super L.A.
0: <laughs> well, a lot has happened, guys, mm-hmm. while we were on hiatus. Can't you believe so much has happened? Mm-hmm. First off, we had the passing of Art Bell, who was a huge figure in the paranormal UFO and conspiracy theory community, and he has been the voice behind Coast to Coast Radio, yes. and he passed, and he left so much behind. He left a huge legacy, but he is missed, and I know that Parabox Monthly did a very yes. beautiful dedication of Hi, them. Parabox. I know, we love Parabox. Guys, Like definitely check them out. They're really cool. Jim Hamilton, who runs it, is amazing, and his designs were great, but he did a beautiful... Tribute to Art Bell on mm. one of the shirts, and I, I wear it to this day. Yeah. And people are like, Oh my god, that's Art Bell! I'm like, Hell to the yes. Yeah, that's it. Is. Hey, okay. Art Bell. and of course, we had okay, can we just talk about the royal wedding? Yep,
1: we almost have to.
0: We have to because David Beckham was in, involved, oh. and his pants.
1: His, anytime his pants are involved, yeah, I'm, like, I'm there how, for like, it. Bryce, did you see the fit oh, of his pants? Oh, he saw.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. I put it on our Instagram um, story. Like, we were here for David Beckham. Uh-huh.
1: The I tea, mean...
0: I was there for Oprah, too. Yes. I was there for Grand Dame Oprah.
1: I, look, I love Meghan Markle, actually. I was a little on the fence, not that yeah. my opinion matters, but I think she did a really... You know, it's hard. There's some big shoes to fill. You're always going to get compared to Diana. You're always going to get compared to Kate. Like, everybody is obsessed with the Royals. Yeah. The thing that I really respect that she did, a lot of people I saw were like, her dress, it's because, yeah, they gave her a budget and she donated massive amounts of that money. Yeah. So, like, my respect for her skyrocketed. It shot up. I already was like, oh, that's cool. Like, she's really no. sweet. She seems really nice. She seems really poised. I loved yeah, her speech. She's I very think, conservative. I think it was the... I'm not, I not. I forget off the top of my head which award, but she had this beautiful speech about like empowering women and empowering yes. women of color in particular. Oh, it for was, sure. Uh, so I already really liked her. Yeah. And then when I heard that, I was like, oh, she puts her literal money where her mouth is. So she like, does. A, I liked her dress. B it was like simple because she's like no 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 I'm not gonna spend yeah. all this money when I can do I'm gonna good change
0: with it. out of mm-hmm. my dress into my real dress mm-hmm. did you see her I dress for the it. that to me was going to that would have been her dress for the wedding that was her mm-hmm. the halter and everything but she had to abide by the like of the course. guidelines of you course. know people were like well it looked too boxy I'm like it's a retro pattern you're it's... getting
1: married in the Church of England you, have, you to have to abide by a... the rules
0: yeah, yeah. and um one thing you have to be and feel comfortable Mm -hmm. homegirls like we got pictures Mm -hmm. let me tell you about pictures at a wedding that takes up an hour yeah to wrangle all your family members the little kids everything that takes time But yeah, I was there for Oprah, Serena Williams, and oh. definitely David Beckham and his pants.
1: I'm always there
0: for David oh, Beckham. Oh, we are there
1: for David Beckham. Be- David Beckham, if you're out there. Hey, David Beckham. Thanks for listening What's to up? our podcast. Keep we those love pants you. tight. Bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the big fish. Can we talk just a little smidge, guys, about yes. the golden state killer case?
1: It's. Uh... <laughs>
0: You came down into Am my shop. Am I speechless?
1: Shop. Yes, I think I'm speechless. You, yeah, well, I was yeah. speechless
0: when you told me, hey, did you hear the news? I'm like, about what? I've been, like, like crazy with work, and you're like, "Um, I know. hello, they caught a huge suspect I of know. the ca- of the Golden State Killer cave. It's I'm like, what?
1: insane. Two like, words,
0: Joseph D'Angelo.
1: Amidst, like, a sea of constant bad news, like, every yes. day I wake up, and I'm like, "Oh, I can't look at the news. It makes me angry. Yeah. I'm depressed. And then to sort of see, like justice served, allegedly. Okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to, like, say that, right, guilty and uh, all of that. But to sort of see the fruition of so many people's work yeah, come to light and to be rewarded with, like, justice was so... Satisfying, Yes. Like, in a way that, like, I think a lot of our souls needed. Just like, ah, Ugh, right. It was like a Bad deep... people do get caught. It and... was a
0: release. Yeah, so it was like yeah. such a great release until you you see him. Yes. He looks like an ornery old bastard. Like, the ornery old man that lives in the neighborhood that tells you to get off, get off of his lawn when you're not on his lawn. Yes. That has the dog with the three legs and the one eye, but still calls him thunder for some reason. <laughs>
1: thunder. Maybe this
0: is a piece of Tammy's childhood. Yes. Yes, maybe mm-hmm. but I mean bit. a little, a little bit, bit but he just looks like he looks like an
1: asshole mm-hmm. he well, looks like he,
0: he, he I mean the guy I mean he's so, like a
1: duck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he looks like he has a bowl of whiskey each morning mm-hmm. like he's just like yeah I did it mm-hmm. this is my retirement just throw me in jail and me rot <laughs> he just looks oh I just want to punch him so I bad. but I know like the update I think last Friday a judge unsealed parts of the arrest warrant for Joseph D'Angelo uh. Do the whole thing. <laughs> Guys, have you been living under a rock lately? He's the mm-hmm. 17-year-old former police officer who was accused of committing serial rape and murder across California for 40 years, thus calling him the Golden State Killer mm-hmm. or the East Area Rapist ear. And I know that, like, Michelle McNamara had her Ugh. book come out, I'll Be Gone in the Dark.
1: She's the one that I especially felt so... It's like it was her literal life work.
0: That well, yeah, that was her life.
1: And so for her and her co-author yeah. to like, or you know what I mean, to have them get that payoff, mm-hmm. especially posthumously, yes, it just felt so deserved or special or whatever the actual word is. I was just like. Oh wow! I like, ugly cried. Oh for, yeah, like, like a good five oh, minutes. Oh wow, she like had such a big part of it. She like, did, I mean, she and really hurt like, bravo! Life,
0: yeah. Bravo! I had I've been listening to her book on oh, Audible because there's love. Just, like, of course during May, there's no way I could read it, and I had to listen to it, and I was just like crying, and, and I was mm. like, oh, if she was alive to see this, you mm. know, and Patton was just so amazing, he's, how uh. he's like supporting her still and promoting her book and everything, and my favorite murder, murder did a really great yeah. recording, yes, of it, it's and a good oh such a great episode if you you want to cry yes if you want to cry and every time you listen to pat you're like (laughs) no i'm not gonna cry no you're not crying oh please i'm crying (laughs) i've
1: been crying at queer episodes all week like no (laughs) stop you want to cry and you're gonna do it
0: exactly oh my god but it's been a lot yeah in almost like a month and a half yeah a month and a half a lot
1: can happen a lot
0: can happen during that time it does well guys you heard it in the beginning intro you you heard it, guys. We're going to be talking about the Wonderland murders. Yes. Well, now, I know yes. that Wonderly did an amazing seven series. I think it was a seven-part series or six-part series of this case. Amazing. And I know one of our <laughs> listeners, David Coe, if you're listening. What's up, David? Hey. He told me on Facebook, yeah, Wonderly did uh, a series on it. Amazing. And Wonderly is responsible for Dirty John, Sword and Scale, and Young Charlie. Yeah. Those are some really good podcasts to listen to. If They're for really some reason great. you
1: haven't. Please watch. Like, go listen to them. They're so well done. They
0: are. Man, they go like past the meat to the bone to the marrow. Yes. They're so well executed. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to take things a little differently. We're going to go to some places where no other paranormal and true crime podcast has gone before. Yes. We have discovered there is a paranormal aftermath. Delicious. It's so delicious. You are never going to like. Figure out who ended up moving into this house. It is a huge surprise. In 2009, there's a pop duo. Pretty big. They moved into the house. And they experienced some crazy stuff. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. We're going to hit... That note. Oh boy. Yeah, so guys, first off what we're gonna do is go into the history of porn. You know how we do. We take you through a little historical walkthrough of LA in the 70s. How did porn become big? And then we'll go into the introduction of cocaine and drugs, and then we'll go into the characters in this crazy Hollyweird tale. And then Bryce, you'll take us to church. church Church on the robbery, Mm -hmm. what led Up to the murderous rampage after that robbery, what happened, and, of course, the trial. That was another doozy right there. The trial that lasted forever because John Holmes is just a POS and (laughs) couldn't get a straight answer out of him. Yeah.
1: Oh. (laughs) Oh <laughs> just you wait, John Holmes. I have some things to You have say.
0: S- here's the things. Mm-hmm. Bryce has a lot of things. Shocker. Very I know. Very shocker. Uh-huh. I know. All right, guys, so let's get into it. Cause yes. I know you're like cut the banter with a knife and get into the meat of the story and into the bone and into the marrow. They're like just skipping through just, us. Please, please, uh, come like come back uh, to us. I have the attention span of a <laughs> chihuahua with A D and D. Alright, guys, so let's talk dirty mm. let's talk porn ready for this i am so how did porn s- start in la how did it start how did it blow up and in order to find out we needed to go deep in the
1: valley Hey-o. hill
0: hill <laughs> over the hill
1: i'm gonna do that a lot oh Sorry. yeah I apologize go in ahead yep. go ahead we live in the valley <laughs> the san
0: pornando valley to be exact or what others like to call the Silicon Valley. Oh, boy. Clever, I know. (laughs) So since the 1970s, the hills above Hollywood have played host to a booming pornography industry, A majority of American sex films are shot there in warehouses and private homes, and nowadays, Airbnb, guys. So if you're thinking about making a trip and staying in the Valley, bring the black light if you're yeah. going to stay in an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. So how much does the porn industry make? <laughs> well, with 15,000 films and close to $15 billion in profit, $5 billion of that profit comes from California. Whoa. The porn industry makes more money than the Major League Baseball, the NFL, and NBA combined. Wow. Bryce, what are we doing with our lives?
1: I mean, look, I'm not gonna do porn, but But... (laughs) I got student loans to pay. Like, I don't know. We'll work for porn. Oh boy!
0: Little short story time. I had a I had a friend of mine worked on a porn set.
1: Wow.
0: And he said he did makeup for it, and it was good money. He didn't even know it was a porn set in the beginning. Yeah. He did makeup. He's like, yeah, I just had to paint their bodies, and then I realized after looking at some of these women's like jobs, you know what I mean? Like their boob jobs, like put two and two together
2: Mm -hmm. but he
0: said it was the most like professional clean set he he said he wasn't on set they were like in a house in studio city set up and they paid him i'm not kidding to work eight to five in the evening Mm -hmm. they paid him eight hundred dollars in cash just to paint naked bodies because you know hd is very unforgiving and they paid his boss like i think close to 1200 I will work for porn. Yeah, right. (laughs) If you, I mean, because I do costume. I mean, they. I mean, all I would have to do is hand the director catalogs for like Fredericks of Hollywood, Victoria's Secret. Just like, here's a color palette. Tell me what you want. They're barely gonna wear it anyways. My job is done. It's gonna end up on the floor. (laughs) Yes. I just have to cut the tags. Done. All right. So, how did an out of the way desert suburb like the Valley become the porn capital of the world? Location. Because in the industry, guys, it's always about location, location, location. According to businessinsider.com, at its onset, the porn industry stretched across Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, where the entertainment industry was purely concentrated. Mm -hmm. Paul Fishbein, co-founder of adult trade group AVN Media Network, told Associated Press in 2002 that the business migrated to the valley because of low rents and access to the mainstream movie Business. The Valley's proximity to Los Angeles helped create a pipeline of Hollywood talent, which included directors, producers, designers, crew members, and actors that needed a little side hustle. And it's so true because, like, from the strip across, like, over the hill, mm-hmm. it takes you like 30 to 40 minutes yeah. to get to the Valley. Yes. It's so simple. Like, we, hop over that hill every yeah. morning to go to work. Mm-hmm. We pass by Vivid Entertainment uh, yes. every freaking morning. Guys, Vivid Entertainment is literally five minutes from where we mm-hmm. live. <laughs> and it's one of the top five pornography production companies yeah. in the States. Yeah. Like their offices is huge. It's right across the street off of uh, Ventura Boulevard from yep. In an outburger, and it's right next to my old yoga studio. Yes,
1: get a little yoga. Oh, a little yeah. Vivid. When I would take
0: classes there,
1: you knew oh, of who was from those offices.
0: Of <laughs> All right, guys, so uh, we start with the golden age of porn, a period from the late 60s to the early 80s when porn became a more accepted part of pop culture. Now, don't think that producing porn was legal at the time. It was an underground organization that ran like a guerrilla production, made up of car meetups and seedy grocery parking lots and gas stations. Busts were made on certain locations, and people served jail time for producing porn. But... It didn't stop one production in particular from making it big. You see, this was the era of deep throat, the yes. smash 1972 porno starting Linda Lovelace and Harry Reims, ugh, I hate that name, that uh, inspired the nickname of the FBI leaker who brought down President Richard Nixon. Yeah. It was when porn made casual appearances in Hollywood films, such as The Scene in Taxi Driver from 76, when a young Robert De Niro takes a young Sybil Shepherd to see a Swedish porn film at an adult movie house. Like, how romantic is that? Swoon. Swoon. And it was a period when even the New York Times was running advertisements for porn yeah. theaters. Here in West Hollywood, we have the Pussycat Club, which is now called Studs. Ugh. It's off of Santa Monica Boulevard. Do you know where it is? Okay. <laughs> it's a, now, it's still well, a, I've seen, a porn I theater. Say, I've,
1: seen, I've seen billboards for it. Oh, it's I never, like, it's yeah. like Studs. Yeah, like, it's a lot.
0: It's huge. And it's a big porn theater in the middle of Santa Monica Boulevard. Bless. It held splashy premieres complete with limousines, red carpet, clicked lights, and lines that wrapped around the block. Out front, the chain's founder, Vincent Miranda, had famous porn stars such as Lovelace Reims, Ron Jeremy, and Tracy Lords leave their prints in the cement, thus creating the first porn walk of fame. Bless. It still exists today. When I lived in WeHo, I would always park around that theater to do my laundry or go to a bar uh-huh. around there, and I'm like, oh. oh, what is this on the ground? <laughs> it's still there, and then you could still see the pussycat sign above it. Now, here's the biggest question, Bryce. Have you ever seen Deep Throat?
1: I thought you were going to say, have you ever watched porn? And I was like, wow, we're getting very personal. We're getting deep. Uh, No, I've (laughs) never seen Deep Throat. I'm aware of it culturally. Yeah. Because it really is the turning point. Before that, it was like taboo, not talked about, and illegal. Yes. And then Deep Throat happened, and it was like, all bets are off. Yeah. Everything's allowed.
0: Well, they came out with that um, huge documentary two years ago inside of Deep Throat. Yes. And that one was huge because it really goes into, like, the history of it, mm-hmm, who were mm-hmm. involved, and how it inspired the Watergate scandal. Yes. But, like, um, you know, it's a, it's a classic coming-of-age film <laughs> about a small-town girl <laughs> living in a lonely world. She took the midnight trip. Fuck, that's Journey. Never mind. Like, that, no, that Journey. Definitely. Sorry, that was Journey. Sorry, to be blunt. Okay, to be very blunt. It's about a woman who has a vagina in her throat, but she's able to take on the world one fellatio at a time. Sure. Goals. Right? Uh, is it? I mean, in Hollywood, think about it. Maybe, yeah. Think about it. Look, several years ago, in a production office, two ideas were thrown on a table sharks and tornadoes, thus Sharknado. Thank you very much.
1: And they're on like their seventh one. Their seventh one. one. No
0: idea is a shitty idea in Hollywood, guys. That's true. Sharknado is a really good example of that. (laughs)
1: Love it. I live.
0: So we see the emergence of porn. And there's cocaine to follow. Now, cocaine has been around, but in the 1970s it emerged as the fashionable new drug for entertainers, actors, models, and business people. You know, industry people. Mm -hmm. People who are big. So cocaine seemed to be the perfect companion for a trip into the fast lane. It provided energy and helped people stay up. People were doing lines of it in the bathrooms, of clubs, Mm -hmm. on movie sets, everywhere. In the 1970s, Colombian drug traffickers began setting up an elaborate network for smuggling cocaine into the U.S. Now, traditionally, cocaine was the rich man's drug due to the large expense of a Mm -hmm. cocaine habit. We'll learn this later. By the late 1980s, cocaine was no longer thought of as the drug of choice for the wealthy, but then it had the reputation of a America's most dangerous and addictive drug drug linked with poverty, crime, and death. Wow. You could see a good example of the cocaine trade in the movie Blow with Johnny Depp uh, and Penelope. Good... It's really good. It's very thorough. You see the history of the trade from the 60s on out to the 90s. Yes. And how it evolved in L.A., if you see the show Snowfall on mm. FX. That's I'm a, not familiar with that one. Oh, see it. Okay. You see how it evolves from, like, the low-income neighborhoods yeah. and how it spread, like, wildfire yes. all over the city in the 80s. Ugh. Now let's get to know our characters in this crazy yet unimaginable Hollywood tale. It's the point of our episode where we get to know these victims as people and not yes. victims. We start with John Holmes, Ugh. aka Johnny Wad. So
1: that that is I know leaves bad taste in my mouth. So
0: yucky. <laughs> I know Holmes was born John Curtis Est on August eighth, nineteen forty four, in a small rural town of Asheville, Ohio, Bryce.
1: That's very close to me.
0: You Ohioans are everywhere.
1: (laughs) Look, here's the
0: thing. Let me
1: tell you a little something about Ohio.
0: Excuse me, do you speak Ohio? (laughs) Yeah. We have more
1: presidents than anyone else. And we have more astronauts than all other states combined. And the reason for that is because getting out of Ohio is every Ohioans main goal and some of us have to get to space we have to get out that much <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that that's where he's from <laughs> bless bless yeah um, I know exactly like, as soon as I saw yeah. that he was born there I was like oh okay. <laughs> You're like, great that place Great. Yep.
0: so he was the youngest of four children born to 26 year old Mary June Barton Holmes but the name of his father is unknown father was barely in his life. So the mom remarries another man. He's no one-oh. They divorce three times. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they divorce so many times is because he is an alcoholic. He beats on her and the children. Holmes... Ends up leaving the house Mm -hmm. at the age of 15 to enlist in the U.S. Army with his mother's written permission. He was like, I'm over this. I'm peacing out. So he spent most of the three years of his military service in West Germany. Upon his honorable discharge in 63, he moves to L.A. where he worked a variety of jobs, including selling door to door goods and tending to the bats of a coffee nips factory. Now, during his stint as an ambulance driver, Holmes met a nurse named Sharon Gapinany in December of 64. They marry in 65 after Holmes turned 21. So they were very, very young when they got married. I know.
1: Well, well, it was the 60s. It was a (laughs) different
0: time. (laughs) I know. Love. Free love. And
1: that, like, post-war kind of, like, get a family and all of that. You know,
0: pop out some kids, you know, work. So April 65, Holmes finds work as a forklift driver in a meat packing warehouse. However, repeated exposure to freezing air in in the large walk-in freezer after being outside and, and inhaling the hot desert air caused him severe health problems in his lungs. And then Sharon also faces health problems of her own. During the first 17 months of her marriage to Holmes, she miscarried three times. So she couldn't have any children. That makes me so sad. It does, because she really wanted to be a mother. Aww. And she had that maternal instinct. Like she was very nurturing, very motherly. This is why she's a nurse. And we see this play into, mm-hmm. like, come into effect with Holmes in his darker days. Right. And then soon, when he gets involved with his young teenage mistress, we'll get to her soon. Bless. Trust me. So, how did John Holmes? get into porn that is the biggest question well it turns out legend this is just legend but legend has it that he goes into a, a bathroom he's mm-hmm. relieving himself at a urinal this guy who's you know relieving himself too, looks over and tells him you have a big talent oh boy so he tells them you're you you should go into porn. Here's my card. I hope he washed his hands before handing him that card. Yeah. And Holmes is like, huh, okay. So one day, Sharon comes home early from work and discovers home measuring his penis. He's like, babe, look, it's 13 inches erected. Look. Oh boy. <laughs> and Sharon's like, okay, put that away. Actually, leave that out. No, put that away. No.
1: Oof. And
0: um, John Holmes tells her, hey, I have this new job venture. Hear me out. And she's thinking like he's joking right he's joking like he's not really going to go through with this so he does he goes through with it he contacts the man it turns out the man is a director gets him involved in loop films which are celluloid f- mm-hmm. films you played on projectors they're 30 to 45 minute films of two people having sex and they're played at parties like frat parties and mm-hmm. bachelor parties yeah. so john finally comes home no comes clean with sharon and tells her you know, um I've been doing this. It's been very lucrative and in his words, I am a carpenter. These are my tools. Ugh. I need to work with my tools. Right. And what really surprises me is that she gets a bit disappointed, but she really didn't put up much of a strong objection with mm-hmm. him because he is such a talker and he's very he's he's a salesman. He's like pitching this to her. Like yeah. this is a good idea. Like the money's good, yeah. but here's the things um, I'm gonna be sleeping with this these women but they mean nothing to me. Yeah, he's
1: like, it's not cheating. Yeah. It's for my work. Work. And it's she's it's just my like, art. Um, I'm not okay with this. I'm, like, no. Uh,
0: no, you need a good rebuttal for yeah. this. So, they end up, they end up, like, continuing this awkward relationship, like, his new career pretty much kills their marriage. Right. They slowly start to drift apart. They end up getting divorced in eighty three. They were still sharing a bed. They were sleeping together, but not sleeping together. Sure. sure. One day in nineteen seventy, Holmes met Hawaiian producer Bob Chin. He showed Chin his portfolio, his stills, and then stripped down and showed him, you know, his wad. So <laughs> Yeah,
1: well I mean that was the thing I in the documentary. Yeah. Uh, Chin is like, uh, he was gangly, he was not that good looking, and I was like, no, and then he, like, whips it out. And, and like, he changed his mind on the spot. He's well. like, great, you're hired. Okay, <laughs> come on, let's go. Where can you start? Yeah, It
0: inspired him to write a screenplay. So that evening, he writes a three-page screenplay. A partnership is born. This would lead in the mid-'70s to Holmes' most successful role as Johnny watch So according to Al Goldstein in Screw Magazine, it was a goofy, crudely made series, but it really was a successful yeah. series is wildly successful in a way Holmes was every man's gigolo mm-hmm. a polyester smoothie with a sparse mustache a flying collar and lots of buttons undone mm-hmm. he was the stereotypical greasy 70s dude yeah. like if you see pictures of him guys online he has like he's just gangly skinny he's wearing the tight polyester pants hairy chest medallions mm-hmm. he has a fro and, a, and a, like a porn stash he was the guy that created the porn stash Plus. in other words Ugh. He looks like a penis with a mustache and a fro. Yeah, like that. I mean, this, this is the best thing I could think of. Yeah. <laughs> so Holmes goes on to make more than two thousand porno films. Has slept according. This is legend. Slept with fourteen thousand women.
1: That yeah, I mean that's not true. That's
0: not true. Has he made...
1: is like he does this weird thing where he would. Make up these like oh yeah this is a thing like this is a fact yeah like, that's just not
0: no that's not that's, no, true. that's not true sorry dude but
1: no yeah he's I, like what maybe it is do true do? like supposedly mm-hmm. that that's not the accurate number but that because he just would be like oh yeah yeah I slept with fourteen thousand women like okay. <laughs> we're
0: sitting here like a beautiful mind like wait two thousand right? movies divided yeah. by how many people are in a porn set okay yeah, it's just Subtract hilarious this, divide <laughs>
2: bless him
0: so he does a ton of movies and then there's a famous documentary I think it's the one that you're talking about is it called Exhausted is that the documentary that's or not the one it, I watched The Life and Times of uh, um, Johnny Wad right
1: yeah so yeah. I watched the one that was like the it actually is about the Wonderland murders but mm-hmm. they go into his life I haven't seen The Exhausted but it's like
0: yeah yeah Because after, you know, 2,000 films and 14,000 women, Mm -hmm. you're exhausted by the 80s. Like, wow. So by 1974, Sharon becomes the resident manager of a 10-unit apartment court in Glendale. It was owned by a pediatrician she worked for. So she and Holmes lived there rent-free. must be nice. That's a dream. Sometimes he worked around the apartment as a handyman and gardener. And about this time, Sharon says Holmes began working as a courier for the mob. So he's already, you know, transporting drugs. He would come home from, you know, a movie premiere, take off his boots, peel down his socks and take out wads of large bills. He would have a total of $50,000 in his boots oh, no. from doing these courier
1: jobs. Oh, boy!
0: Don Schiller arrives into Holmes' life in 76. So she was a teenager and her parents had just divorced. she driven out from Miami with her father and younger sister. So according to Mistress Manifesto, Holmes took up with Don Schiller, then 15 years old in 76, about 10 years after marrying Sharon. Later on, Dawn testifies that he began a slow seduction after they met that led to sex in a van parked at the beach. Romantic and loving, but still, she was a teenager to his 30-something years. Disgusting. Her testimony in her own book is at odds with what is said in his documentary, The Life and Times of John Holmes. Mm -hmm. In her book, she claims that the sex caused her pain and a bladder infection, and she barely couldn't walk. I mean, come on, you're 15 He's 30 he has a 13 inch dick. Oh. I mean if I was in her position 15 years old come on
1: well I mean I think she was like groom. you know what I mean I don't know Ugh. I think of I like think when he, I like, was 15, her out he was predatory you know? he was
0: very predatory but me I was not thinking about losing my virginity in a van by a beach to a man like mm-hmm. twice my age you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly some issues there. But...
0: Yeah, there are a lot of daddy issues.
1: Well, I think, like, <laughs> he just really... He just played her and then controlled her. Oh, yeah. Like, from the moment he met her, one of the things she said was, like, he saw me the first time and was, like, ugh, too young, and, like, turned and, like, walked away from her and, it, like, made her mad and she wanted to, like, prove that she wasn't too young, you know, that, like, yeah. rebellious. like, And I just think that that is, like classic grooming of just like i'm gonna reverse psycho Uh -uh. like psychology this Mm -hmm, situation mm -hmm. and like then she's now like trying to win him over which is what he wants it's just disgusting it
0: it is it's really disturbing yeah and it's just it gets worse And i was gonna
1: say and it's the the first in a journey of a thousand steps oh yeah it's just he's such a asshole he is poor woman like Sweet baby,
0: but she ends up winning in the end. We'll learn, we'll find that out later. So, after Holmes meets Don, he then meets cocaine on a film set (laughs) in Vegas. Perfect, perfect setting. So, before the clean cut porn star was punctual, lucid, and hardworking, even if he wasn't in a certain scene of Mm -hmm. a film, he would be behind the set like behind the scenes with the boom mic or co directing with Chin. Holmes started to become very erratic around 78. On sets, he was harder and harder to deal with. He locked himself in bathrooms and in closets. Soon he started stealing on film sets. He began to steal his co workers' purses, wallets, and belongings. Soon he was stealing movie equipment. It got to the point where people were slowly moving away from him and not hiring him for films. Mm -hmm. So in the late 1970s, he meets Hollywood's godfather, for better or for ill, Eddie Nash.
2: Mm -hmm. Holmes
0: it's claimed that Holmes met Nash through a friend of his. I think it was Scott, who was the ex of Liberace. Yes, Liberace's ex. Um, he's also really good friends with Nash.
1: Yes, this whole story is just littered just with like weird connections, C-less like connections. Like, yeah, what?
0: Like six degrees uh, okay. of separation, right here. Yeah. It's like Liberace's homeboy is like in here. <laughs> I love it. Um, he meets Eddie Nash at a huge party, and Na- that Nash is throwing at his house. So Eddie Nash, aka Adele Garib. Nashwala was a Palestinian Mm -hmm. national. He started out selling hot dogs out of a hot dog stand off of Sunset Boulevard in the early 50s. And by the late 60s, early 70s, he's a self-made businessman who owns a chain of nightclubs strip bars and gay clubs off of the Strip and Hollywood Boulevard. So this guy truly had a Jekyll and Hyde complex. Mm. He was a great guy and host. If you played your cards right with him, you were nice to him. Cross him, then he would make sure you were never Mm -hmm. seen again. There was even a rumor he had bodies of his victims buried across the desert. He's up there with Mickey Cohen, Mm -hmm. Suge Knight, and Bugsy Siegel. You just didn't want to mess with this man. And, of course, his bodyguard, Gregory DeWitt Diles, was a karate expert, which is kind of funny, and convicted felon who weighed a blubbery 300 pounds. He was a mountain of a man. Yeah. But according to one eyewitness, Diles once chased a man out of a Kit Kat club and emptied his thirty-eight revolver into the man's car. Mm -hmm. Nash is pretty much in awe of Holmes and treats him like a star celebrity.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Here you have a man behind like, you know, the sex drugs and rock and roll party scene in Hollywood and then in enters John Holmes with a cachet of being like the king of porn, yes. Johnny Wad. Yes. Nash begins to call him brother just after 2 to 3 years of friendship. So earlier in 81, here's where it takes a severe turn. Nash is the man with the free base crack
1: yes it's
0: hot on the market and the, and this drug even brings Nash to his hands and knees mm-hmm. crack is a free base form of cocaine that can be smoked crack offers a short but intense high to smokers it makes you feel higher than any other skyscraper in the country and we'll soon learn it will make you do the unthinkable mm-hmm. so Eddie provides Holmes with not only cocaine but also with the crack and soon Holmes becomes a crack addict brings Dawn in and turns her into an addict As a result, Sharon kicks John and Don out onto the streets after learning of their intense crack Mm -hmm. addiction. They're also stealing from Sharon. He's stealing from his friends. There's a story of this couple, like this this couple who were friends with him, and after like Sharon kicked him out, they offered to put him up in their house, him and Don. They would leave them alone in the house, come back. The house was emptied. He stole from them. Yeah. And then it got to the point where he was stealing luggage from the conveyor belts at LAX. Wow. Like, it was that... Like, he was that desperate for money. He needed crack. John then couldn't perform. He couldn't get his wad up. So, he was hired for a film and he went missing on set. These people that hired him were like... They were warned. They're like, are you sure? No, we need him because he has the name. See, the name was saving Mm -hmm.
1: him. Yeah. And I think in this film you're talking about that company was also going under
0: oh yeah it's
1: like well we kind of like can help him out because his career is like sagging right unintended <laughs> and uh he can like help us out so we're we're willing to kind of like deal with it because yes. like we, you scratch my back I'll scratch yours yes. but he's like incapable essentially
0: don't be ridiculous Ulysses Bryce. Boo. <laughs> Love it. Lip, 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 lip. So he ends up missing on this production set and they look for him. They take it takes them an hour. A female co-star of, of Holmes finds him curled up in a fetal position in a closet, muttering to himself, drenched in cold sweat. Ugh. Yeah, so that was the end of it. They were like, We can't go yeah. through it. Yeah. So that was his downfall. So then enters the Wonderland gang and the house guys. Yes. So real quickly. According to Mike Sager of The Devil and John Holmes, Joy Audrey Miller, 46, held the lease. She was thin, blonde, foul-mouthed, a heroin addict with seven arrests, and a year prior, she had been busted for dealing drugs out of the Wonderland House. Mm-hmm. But six months prior, later, she had a double a double mastectomy. So yeah, like she was like hmm. going through all this mess. Yeah, her lover was Billy Deverall. Deverall was 42 was a heroin addict, so they were a match made in heaven. He had, he had a record of 13 arrests. He looked like a guy in a dive bar in El Paso, according to a neighbor. Sharing the house with Miller and Deverell was Ron Linus, 37. Blonde and bearded, Linus had seven... No, no he served federal time for drug smuggling. A California cop called him one of the coldest people he Whoa. ever met. He was crazy. Yeah. So the house... At eighty seven sixty three Wonderland rented for, of course, you're gonna freak out, seven fifty a month.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Bryce, what does seven fifty a month get you here nowadays?
1: I pay that. I think I, I pay with utilities, I end up paying a little more than that. And mm-hmm. I have a room in a house with four other people. So There like, you go.
0: Mm. But in Laurel Canyon, I think that will allow you to sleep in your car on a yeah. small plot <laughs> of
1: land. Yeah. Like come on.
0: So, to paint a picture of the house, there was a garage on the first floor. The second and third floors had balconies facing the street. A stairway leading from the garage to the front door was caged in iron. There was a telephone at the entrance, an electronic deadbolt on the gate, even two pit bulls on leashes that barked at anything that moved. Of course. Though elaborately secured, the house was paint-cracked and rust-stained, an eyesore to the trendy neighborhood. You see, Laurel Canyon had been... A prestige address mm-hmm. just minutes away from Hollywood Boulevard, you know, from Tinseltown <laughs> Tom Mix and Harry Houdini once owned homes in that area. Oh. So the house at 8763 had passed from a ruckus group of women. Neighbors were called naked women being tossed from the first floor balcony to the members of the Wonderland gang. Things at the house were always hopping, and someone was always showing up with a mm-hmm. scam. Miller, Deverell, and Linus needed drugs every single day. You see, they were functioning addicts. Mm-hmm. They were always looking for an opportunity. Jewelry stores, convenience stores, private homes. They would try and do anything as long as it meant money or drugs. So they were thugs stealing from other thugs. Ugh. They would dress up as undercover cops and break into these homes and steal money and drugs from these other, you know, little gangs.
1: Oh, no. So they
0: developed a huge reputation. You still didn't fuck with them. Yeah. So there was a lot of traffic all day, all night, says a neighbor. Everything from Volkswagens to Rolls Royces. They threw mm. brown bags of dope off the balcony. There was shouting, laughing, rock and roll 24 hours a day. So who makes it into the house one day is John Holmes. Oh, John. So John ends up meeting this pretty little thing at a gas station in Hollywood. They talk, they flirt, they do a line of coke. He's like, oh my god, this coke is great. She's like, yeah, it's one of the best coke in town. Oh my I, god. I know. Like, this is where I get my cocaine. Like, it's vegan. It's
1: organic. Canic. Back it's then when... Cut with kombucha.
0: <laughs> back then when
1: cocaine was
0: vegan. Bless so she tells him I know a place and he's like well I know a guy and she says to him well follow me to this place and you can meet these people mm-hmm. it's a really cool place there's always a party going on mm-hmm. and he's like okay so he follows the girl to Ugh. the Wonderland house and there's of course a party going along sure. uh, the girl introduces him to the Wonderland gang the gang knew who he was they loved the fact that you know, Johnny Watt is in their house. However, even though they're a group of thugs, they can see the shade and smell the bullshit that John Holmes Mm -hmm. carried in with him. Mm -hmm. So since then, John was a regular at the house and its parties at the Wonderland house. John was almost a leech at the drugs that were being served at both locations. Eddie Nash and the Wonderland house. He was going back and forth, back and forth between these two houses. What led up to the plan of the robbery over the summer was the fact that the Wonderland Gang needed a fix, mm-hmm. and you have information on that of like well, what and, led to the robbery. And huh? I think
1: too with him, like I, the thing that's so crazy about John Holmes is that he really starts to like get into trouble, and I think that's sort yeah. of like the first domino mm-hmm. as we look at the events at the end of June and the the thirtieth of June and the first and second of July, is that. He gets in so much debt to both Eddie Nash and the Wonderland game. I think more so to the Wonderland game. And it starts with him then, like, prostituting himself out and his girlfriend out. And they're both, like, it's just, like, this very cliche now, you know, we've seen this movie, like... You're now fully addicted. Like I've seen Requiem for a Dream, it just gets darker and darker. <laughs> yeah, and it got to the point it's a downward where, Yeah, and he's in so much like sort of debt and trouble with the Wonderland gang, and they're literally keeping him at the house almost like a pet. Oh of yeah, just like hey, you you stay here because you owe us a lot of money. So he's like selling for them. He's prostituting himself. Mm-hmm. They would like have him at parties, and he would just like. They would tell him, like, whip your dick out. Oh, yeah. It was, like, literally a monkey on a chain, Yeah. essentially.
0: Well, they called him... I think there was a nickname for him. They called him Monkey Dick. Oh, good grief. Isn't that horrible? That was Ron giving... Like, how clever, Ron. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Really digging deep there. This is what drugs do, guys. Yeah, it takes away everything. (laughs) So,
1: that's sort of the first, like, frame of the whole situation. So, as he's doing worse and worse things Mm -hmm. to try and get ahead of his debt Yeah. essentially he can't no. it doesn't matter he's, he's using too much and owes them too much so he essentially has this idea like you were saying because he's going between the two homes homes on homes uh, <laughs> he tells the Wonderland game look I can get you a big score uh, if we go to Eddie Nash's house there's yeah. a lot of cocaine there there's a lot of jewelry. There's a lot of liquid cash. We can go there. I can get us in because, like, Eddie knows me. Like, me and Eddie are close.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so he essentially puts that idea in their head, and then they sort of take the reins and, like, great, this is now happening. So I think he was kind of trying. This is my complete conjecture mm-hmm. but he was trying I think to get the heat off of himself like no no, yeah. no I can like I can get it for you I can get it yeah and they're like great you will like
0: yeah you're gonna do it it's
1: happening because
0: now. it had something to do with Linus's antique guns right that he so
1: what happened with the guns yeah. is that they actually did sell them or barter maybe is a better it was word a barter, yeah to Eddie Nash in exchange for some cocaine, so mm-hmm. there's this sort of like feud between them because they are these like beautiful antique handguns. they worth, a lot, of worth money. a lot of money. They like mm-hmm. kind of fell shortchanged a little. Yeah. Again. The mind of a drug addict is probably not the most sound place, so whether they were shortchanged or not, (laughs) they had some beef. They did. So this idea sort of checks a lot of boxes for them. Like, great, we can get back at the person that we don't like. We can score big. So John says that he can go, and he is in charge of, like, leaving this one door unlocked, essentially Mm -hmm. the sliding door. And again, like you were saying about the Wonderland house, the same is true of Eddie Nash's home. He has his bodyguard there. He's always surrounded by, like, security. He has to be careful. He is a very dangerous and wealthy man in Hollywood. So he, like, he has his back covered, essentially. So John goes there, and he ends up going there three times throughout the day. Yeah. Because the first time, he's, like, unable to leave the door open, or, like, forgets, honestly. Uh, The second time, he does leave it open, but he gets back to the Wonderland house, and they're all asleep. They're, like, too high to function. So then he gets paranoid that, like, in the couple hours that they're like sleeping their high off that someone would have closed the door. So he goes back to make sure that it's unlatched and then goes and then all of them go to the Eddie Nash house and tie them up and they're essentially like bumbling buddy cops. Like they're so bad.
0: Yeah. Because these are not the little thugs they would steal from right like they're what they're well known for this is right, like Eddie Nash and
1: so the, his bodyguard <laughs> ends up getting like grazed by a bullet mm-hmm. because they like bump into each other and one of the antique guns goes off oh god which like don't leave those things loaded like what are you doing okay like dude that's what the trigger's for oh really uh, oh, I thought it was really? for effect, dude yeah they're so <gasps> stupid so they end up uh, John knows where the safe is that mm-hmm. all of the cocaine, all of the like money and jewelry is. And they essentially beat uh, Eddie Nash and his bodyguard until they open it. Yeah. So, that is the first incident that happened on uh, June 30th. Yes. So, two days later, Eddie Nash is like such a proud person and they made him like beg for his life. Oh, yeah. And I think more than anything, he is fueled by, like, the revenge of that humiliation. Like, obviously, he lost I, – I forget the number off the top of my head, and I'm never going to be able to find it. Uh, it was, like, this. close
0: to 1.2 million. Yes,
1: in – that's just the cocaine, the amount of cocaine they oh, sold. Oh, yeah. Plus the money – plus all the jewelry plus these guns like yeah. they score they
0: scored big time they're like oh huge. my god we're rich and yeah. it's like you just stole from a very violent and man and he
1: is livid because oh, yeah. they humiliated him and he's very about his image he's very like oh. proud oh yeah and so he is furious and the other Not that there's a good way to pull a robbery but the second mistake they make besides pulling the robbery in the first place <laughs> is that they sort of shortchange John, and so he thinks that he's gonna really like solve his problems yeah. with this score, and they sort of divide it and keep it amongst the five of them. Oh yeah, or, or, I'm sorry, is it six or five? There oh, was
0: five, yeah, because there's another person in the gang. The spouse, it was right. uh, it was it's the spouses, but there's another man too. He was like kind of like the driver, right? And uh second no, like I would say no, third in command, it was Tracy McCourt. Right. So yeah.
1: they kind of keep all of that and he gets like essentially like a gram. Yeah. And is pissed.
0: Yeah, he's and like, he's are like are you joking, uh, guys.
1: I am the one that came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. I and of course like a drug addict is always gonna be like, I want more. Yeah. And they're like, No, you owe us so much, like your cut is ours. So he's pissed, too, and kind of starts, I think, the seed of him like getting ready to betray them. Mm-hmm. But what happens before he can do that is that he is spotted, allegedly, mm-hmm. walking around Hollywood, and he's wearing... Eddie Nash's rings, which, like, <laughs> how dumb can you be?
0: In Hollywood, and the man, ha- like, he owns half of Hollywood. He
1: own, you're walking through his...
0: Territory. Literally. Yeah.
1: With his <laughs> stolen jewelry. And, like, any ring, like, uh, it, it's, of course, instantly recognizable. Right. Again, the mind of a drug addict is not the most sound- Yeah. Playground. I get that. But you're wearing the rings Mm -hmm. that you stole? Like, how dumb. So, (laughs) Eddie Nash hears about this, of course, Yeah, and has him brought in. And they, uh, according to Liberace's ex-boyfriend, who happened to be at the Eddie Nash house, also buying drugs. Guys, stop doing drugs. Yeah. Bless. Uh, They beat John nearly to death. To get him to confess and mm-hmm. also sort of to like let out their anger. And he sells the Wonderland gang right up the creek. Like He has no affiliation to them. And I think also because he has this now personal grudge, he's tired of being treated like their literal house pet. Yeah, He is mad that he didn't get the cut he thought he deserved. Right. All of these things culminate and he, he tells them after being beaten – Nearly to death. Yeah. Who did it? So this is now July 1st. Eddie Nash, uh, allegedly, (laughs) he (laughs) said, Yeah. yeah, Tells his bodyguard, I want my stuff back. And then again, allegedly, washes his hands. However, you need to do that. Yeah. So the bodyguard, and he sends John Holmes because he's like you are now again it's just passing back and forth yeah like you have to you have to make this right you have to make this right exactly you have to make this right
0: and this is like you know brother this is what you have to learn exactly
1: and he is like your ass is grass like it's time so holmes goes and he get he's the again the way they're able to get into the house because he buzzes in and like oh it's john yeah. So he gets past all that security for them mm-hmm. And then it starts The rampage And so An un- unknown number of men Wink, mm-hmm. wink, nudge, nudge, nudge
0: Yeah, there's like supposedly uh, two Three, four, five yeah.
1: They enter the house and Essentially Every person that they Encounter once they are inside Bludgeoned mm-hmm. To death or attempted So they find, I really should, I have the notes here. Why am I not using them? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Way to go. I'm really doing it. Um, Just because the order of the attacks are so brutal. So they go up the stairs. uh, They have what is later found out to be metal pipes. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first person they find is Richardson. Um Barbara, she's, yeah. Yes, and she's in the living room. She had like been watching TV and oh, fell asleep on the couch. God, so she's I know. the first one to get attacked. And this and, is
0: uh, this is Robert, no, David Lynn's girlfriend yes, who was so a she, part of the gang but not staying in the house. He was out of town and he was like, Stay here with the gang, do a bunch of drugs, I'll be back. I'll be back, babe. And she's like, Okay.
1: <laughs> so again, it's like this indiscriminate kind of you're in the path of destruction and you just happen to be at the wrong, wrong place at the wrong time.
0: She rivals Steve Parrott uh, or I think it's Steve Parrott or Parent from the Sharon Tate murders remember Those that are poor, coming in. Yes. Yeah, that poor young kid who was like visiting mm-hmm. the kid in the in the pool house Don't and he's coming out and he's like, "Hey guys, are you Boom, yeah. like shot in the head."
1: Yeah. So, um she's the first to be attacked and killed. Um and then next is Miller. And she's found uh, with Deverell, is that how you would say it? Deverell. Deverell, great. Look at me saying names. (laughs) Um, And they both are found in the bedroom and the one hammer. So they think that it was possibly hammers and pipes. Yeah. Because there's a hammer that was found in the bed with her. Mm -hmm. So they're the second two. And then uh, Lanus was found beaten to death in his bed. And then his wife, Susan, bless Mm -hmm. her, Uh, she was found, or she was then on the floor, um, and she had also been attacked. Yeah. And then she ends up being the only survivor. Yeah. So everyone else is literally beaten to death, Mm -hmm. and the way that they, they think that it probably was mostly pipes is that they were beaten so aggressively that the threads on the metal pipes left, like, the thread marks were in all of the wounds. Oh, yeah. So it's like, they're not just, like, bruised, they're Open, gashed, bloody wounds, and one of the crime scene investigators said it was even bloodier than the
0: the Manson, the Manson or, family yeah.
1: murders, and that he Ugh, had to like leave that. and like throw up because he'd never seen any. he's like, I've never seen a crime scene like that. Yeah, and, like the it violence. was really
0: bad. I know the detective is uh, Tom
1: Lang. Yes, hello, Tom Lang. Hi,
0: Tom Lang. Who, if you're a uh, true crime nerd, he is the guy that ends up getting hired. Later on in the 90s, for the OJ yes. Nicole Brown Simpson case. Yes. And so. we see why in this case. Yes. He, um, yeah, he does a video uh, uh, crime scene. Uh, tape. He records the crime scene. He's the first response,
1: uh-huh.
0: and you can, guys, you can find this video on YouTube. You can YouTube. find
1: it on YouTube. I caution, or at least know what you're getting into if it's, you're going to watch it, because I was watching it while I was eating lunch, and it was a mistake. Me- <laughs> yeah, I really did a bad thing this week. Yeah, <laughs> girl, I had my Mendo salad. I was hungry. You're like Mendocino, but the, I mean,
0: I, I. I'll be fine. I, I, I'll it be just fine. It's a little blood. It's just a little. no No,
1: I really was like I'll be fine it's like like old 70s footage no it was like a scene out
0: of Dexter Mm -hmm. it was bad Mm -hmm. it's very graphic because you see it's it's the first response guys like you see corpses you see the you see a lot of blood and it's all over the wall it's like a tornado ate these people and spit them out
1: and so the attacks occur at like Three in the morning, yeah, and nobody calls because, as you were saying, there's all these parties. There's always noise. There's always chaos, mm-hmm. and these like, not to like profile, but these like rich white neighbors are just so fed up. They're like, no, like we're not gonna call the police. Yeah,
0: we're over it. Yeah, we're piecing it's, out of this. This in, is just in one of their parties. One of their parties. It's one of their, parties, one exactly. of their razors. And, and one neighbor even like described. Oh, I, I thought it was a primal. Scream yeah, like therapy session therapy. at 3 a.m.
1: I mean, bitch,
0: are you serious? And
1: they were living next to crazy people, yeah. So it's they like, were, I mean, yeah, I, I this stories. was the 70s, and this
0: is the nature of LA people mm-hmm. like primal scream therapy. Ugh. I do that every fucking morning when I'm in my car commuting to work. I yeah. do my own session of like. The people who drive here are just unique. That's yeah. all I can say.
1: I do it into a pillow like an adult. Like, it's <laughs> fine. Ugh, whatever. Goals. Um, So it's, it's like 12 hours before the police are called. And it's oh, because yeah. the next door neighbors hire movers. Yeah. And one of the movers hear the moans of Susan. Yeah. And he goes to investigate, bless him, and yeah. walks in on... Into
0: this madhouse
1: yeah and like
0: follows the moans. he's he like he essentially
1: <laughs> saves her life he does thank goodness because again no one called which is just mind-blowing to me no but okay. one called
0: period and there was even <laughs> documentation of people mm-hmm. who showed up Yep. the next like the fu- like a few hours later people were showing up at 8 a.m in the Ugh. morning entering the house. There were people walking in and out of the house looking for a hit looking for a cell and they were jumping across the puddles of blood and instead of calling the cops they steal money and drugs whatever they could find.
1: That is so what a like weirdly fitting and yet sad ending it's
0: such a sad ending like that's what they recorded like people were going in and out of there that, that's Ugh, the most fucked up part that, that I really read about is. the t- the whole thing like people were walking in and out that whole day and it took 12 hours the the killing started like at 3am yeah. and they weren't found until 4 o'clock the next yeah. afternoon and it's Horrific. so sad
1: because she had such severe... She had to have part of her skull removed. Yeah. One of her fingers had to be removed because they couldn't save it. Yeah. She has amnesia. She can't remember any of the attacks. It's really bad. Her life is essentially ruined. I mean, she did survive, yeah. so yes. But she had
0: like permanent damage. Permanent,
1: and it's just so heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, she had permanent damage. Um, What saved her is the fact that when they had beaten her several times she fell off the bed but what people were saying the reason why they kind of neglected to go towards her they were fixed on Ron Linus Right. they were fixed on Ron and if you see the movie Wonderland mm-hmm. like there is this is just based on you know hearsay right. they think that Greg hands the pipe to uh, John Holmes
1: right and, and this is the whole thing this is yes. that leaves
0: the big easter egg in the whole crime scene is the handprint. Well
1: and so that's the thing is that allegedly mm-hmm. uh, he was the one that mainly enjoyed tormenting Holmes and like forcing him to expose himself. Yes. And like really kept him on like the monkey pedestal. Ooh, as, I, <laughs> as I hit the microphone. Um, and so that is the theory. They find a palm print, a handprint yeah, next to the headboard of John Holmes. So like he was, at the very least, a, an accomplice or a witness to the crimes. Yeah,
0: regardless, he's...
1: He's it's, there. It's, it's, it's there. Yeah.
0: It's there, and they felt that he was the one that, like, was led to finish him off. Mm-hmm. I know that it was between him and Joy Miller they got the worst of the, of the beatings. Yes. Because there was a point where they were saying, yeah, like, Joy had the worst... Um, like trauma because they they beat her head so bad, like her skull was oh. at her brow line. It was really, oh. really bad. Even in the video, like you can hear Tom Lang going mm-hmm. through the whole sequence. Like he does a very yes. very lucrative like. Like recording, mm-hmm. he's very thorough. He's like, and then you, he goes upstairs, and he's like, oh, and then we see victim number two and three, mm-hmm. uh, and you he's see so thorough. He, I was like, oh, bless God. Him. I had to put it on mute. I'm like, I don't want to hear I it. Know. I don't want to hear it. But you can see, like, you can't even tell if joys of female mm-hmm. or male. Like, you can't even tell anyone's like facial. Like they're so beaten they're beyond recognition. Corpses, like yeah. Literally. It's such a haunting scene because, like, you go upstairs, you see Deverell. He's sitting down. They think he probably was trying to fight him off. And he's sitting down on the floor next to the bed by the television. the television's on, and Ugh. it's staticky. And then you see Joy, like, face up. And she's just covered in debris and blood. Gross. Yeah, it was really, really bad. And it turns out, like, I mean... <laughs> They had to close this the, the crime yes. scene off for several days because yeah. they had to bring in like uh, blood spattering experts because yeah. it's everywhere. It was just oh my god, it was like someone went crazy with yeah. like blood.
1: So, the initial theory did because of the handprint, John Holmes is the main suspect, right? And so, he sort of then gets he, of course, is arrested, and it's this media circus, he's famous enough. That, like, it sort of, you know, becomes, as we've talked about so many times, Mm -hmm. the the circus sort of gets bigger than the case. And it's this very publicized, long, drawn-out trial... And it's sort of this weirdly historical trial because it's the first trial in the American judicial system that allowed video evidence of the crime scene yeah. to be admissible in court because before that, it A, the technology is new, so mm-hmm. fine, but it's the first time. And the normal defense against it is that it sort of sways or you know affects the reasoning ability of the jury it's very jarring to see these images and not associate it with the person who's on the defense team you know what i mean yeah so i get it but it's the first one and it becomes this now historical case because of that but he is actually found a he's super uh what's the word uh, unresponsive
0: he's very unresponsive and yeah. won't
1: Testify and we'll answer their questions. Because
0: the first person to come forward, well, the first person that they grab is is, uh, Dave Lind. Yes. Because Dave Lind knew the gang, he was away, and when he comes back, he discovers, like, this chaos. This chaos, So exactly. they call him in for questioning and he just tells them everything, yes. which leads to them going to John Holmes. John Holmes is like not giving him a straight answer. Mm-hmm. Tom Lang even Won't like... Won't
1: answer, yeah. It's yeah, so bizarre.
0: He, I mean, Tom Lang even describes it. He's like, he was hoping that Holmes would come clean in the very end and confess especially yes. with the specter of death staring him in the face later in the future. Right. But he, Tom Lang, like in reports was saying like, in my gut, I knew he had something to do with this. Yes. He was there. I just knew know it Mm he just it was just he dragged it on long enough so they catch him from what i know they bring him into questioning they put him in witness protection because of nash He's
1: super paranoid he's very paranoid
0: they put him up in a nice little hotel don and sharon come to his aid it's like oh his harem is here oh boy and they're not talking either right and sharon's not talking but here's the thing in 1988 the la times comes out with an article called bath tub confessions of John Holmes so John Holmes um the night of the murders or the morning of the murders like Holmes confesses to his wife Sharon that he played a central role in the four brutal murders earlier um well later on that day or that morning Mm -hmm. he comes to her house he's covered in blood he tells her oh it was a car accident and she's like oh my god you're in blood let's go like wash you off like maternal instincts kicking in once again he is being, you know, cleaned by Sharon, and Sharon asks him, like, "What happened?" Oh, he's just, bear. I know, share bear. Like, um, John Holmes is just silent. He's in shock, and finally, these words come out, and it just, like, oh. she is just shook. The murders. I watched people die tonight. I was involved. I know who did it.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So Sharon's like, "What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" Like, and then she tells him you need to get the hell out Mm -hmm. get out of the tub like he's bathing in other people's blood right now it's really bad like you see that in the movie too Mm -hmm. but he told her like he was there and he saw it but was she gonna come forward in the beginning no
1: that's what i always find so odd i wonder what her motive was for not
0: she's still loyal to him girl she was still married to him that was the thing because he didn't she she doesn't i know officially like she doesn't officially divorce him until eighty three. Oh, bless. Until eighty three, the divorce
1: finalizes. I mean, it is very difficult to get a divorce in California. Yeah, but damn, a damn girl. girl, right? Bless her.
0: I know, and um, I know that John Holmes is being investigated by Tom Lang, and Tom Lang's like, "Come on, give me something." But the yes. thing is, his hands are tied with Eddie Nash. He's like, "No, I'm devoted to Eddie Nash. I can't say anything." It is this weird.
1: It, that is the one thing about this story is like everyone has these weird allegiances that you're like this person Mm -hmm. is not good to you the women to john john to eddie nash like it's just so bizarre like yeah sell them out like it's ridiculous especially the women like he's poor sweet little girlfriend like he's prostituting you he's abusive so that actually is what ends up happening is that he does get acquitted
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and he does have to serve like I think three months about for being like a hostile witness essentially and like contempt of court and all of that mm-hmm. and then he like they catch him in Florida he He's, escapes like, he, yeah he like, fled to Florida he they, fled like, bring to Florida yeah
0: They fled for a while. Him and Dawn, because he tries to bring Sharon. Sharon's like, fuck you, dude. I'm not going with you. And your mistress, you know, girlfriend. Like, no. So they go to, I think they first go to Ohio. Yes. Then they go to Portland. As you do. (laughs) Then they go to Oregon to stay with Dawn's family. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they go back to L.A. And then L.A., they go to Florida.
1: Yeah, so they're, like, literally on the The run. run. And poor and he had the audacity to go to Eddie Nash and ask him for money. More money. Like hey I need some money to like go on the But run. Eddie
0: Nash is gonna give it to him because he's like brother yeah. you're gonna cover for me I right? And I have, Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just. It, I know where Sharon thing, lives. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing just gets so ridiculous like. It's a circus. You went back to him to ask for money. You are insane. <laughs> okay. Great. So they find him in Florida. They arrest him. They bring them both back to LA. Yes. He's acquitted. Whatever. They then move on, and obviously he ends up dying due to AIDS-related complications. Yeah. So he just kind of ends his life as this, like, honestly horrible person. Yes. He was hired by an Italian film company to mm-hmm. film, like, two feature films with, like, the most famous porn actress in Italy. He doesn't divulge to any of them that he Ciccolina. has... Ciccolina. Ciccolina. He doesn't tell any of them that he has... HIV AIDS Yeah and then has unprotected sex with all of these people for these two feature films
0: Oh yeah and
1: it's this huge scandal because it I mean that is the most despicable thing I can imagine is like oh I have this disease that I contracted from my own actions Mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna tell you even though like this film company was like throwing him a lifeline like he's poor he's yeah. prostituting Don in Florida because they ran out of money. Eddie Nash didn't give them that much. No. And it's just like even at the end of your life and so then when he's back in Los Angeles he's in a VA hospital dying and like you said the investigators are like you're on your deathbed.
0: Come clean. Come Tom, clean. Tom Lang is like come clean dude. And
1: he won't. He, he won't just come clean. He doesn't. So literally the secret as you know as it were, goes with him to his grave, and it's like, man, you just ended your life as you lived it—a bad person. person, yeah. Like, and I know he's sort of like, you know, a superhero in the porn community, and like people sort of have this weird obsession with him. No, I'm just gonna call it out right now. Not a good person. No, doesn't matter how big your dick is, you're a bad <laughs> person.
0: Yes. What you made up in size, you still lack in a lot, you yeah. know, being a human being, you know, the
1: penis of your morality, small, <laughs> and that I think is the most important. Is that not what we call that? Oh, a conscience, right? I'm sorry, we, yeah, sometimes I call it the penis of morality. It's it's confusing, it's for me. very
0: confusing. <laughs> so, like, what happened with him is like, yeah, he gets mm. acquitted, he does serve j- jail time, yes, the other people involved, like. Nash acquitted because he has half of LAPD on his payroll DA's on his payroll yes. which leads to Gregory
1: well and he has two trials oh, and yeah. the first one is a hung jury 11 to 1 Uh huh. just keep that in the back he of your mind he paid off a
0: juror apparently mm-hmm. Gregory Diles gets off as well because according to a DA he just didn't he had insufficient you know
1: evidence, evidence. Yeah.
0: there was a lack of evidence right there covering him Yeah. and John goes and serves John I think This is based on, like, reports. They were trying to kill him in jail. And they think it could have been Nash.
1: And that's the thing is they're not sure if that was John's paranoia or if if Nash really was trying to kill him. So they actually end up putting John in a single cell for his the duration of his sentence. Yeah. Those three months or however.
0: Yeah, they try to put him in a single cell. And then they um, finally bring him to court again. And he's just like, no, he gets acquitted. Like, there's just this whole debate of why he didn't why he didn't do the murders like it that was the whole thing they're like who did it who did well i didn't do it right we we understand john we know that but just um just tell us what happened Mm -hmm. just tell us something no i'm not gonna do it Mm -hmm. that's what it was i mean this is why these cases last such a long time because someone is not telling the truth they're being paid off by someone they're covering up something you know
1: if he is paranoid and afraid enough or if it really was happening they, they were trying to kill him in jail That would explain his fear of not wanting to testify against them. Mm -hmm. I mean, Eddie Nash has a long reach. He really there was nowhere that John was safe, essentially. So I get it. But man, what an asshole. Yeah. So So, what
0: happens to Nash too? So Eddie Nash
1: gets the first trial he has a hung jury, Uh one juror, and then the second trial he gets full on acquitted. So he goes about his life then when he, they essentially um, get him, they do that like classic cop move of like they book him on another charge um, the RICO Act which is stands for the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act hmm. because so they get him on drug trafficking and of money course. laundering they're gonna get him and,
0: a, you know either way they're exactly. gonna really dig deep into this guy and
1: so because of that at this point he's now in his 70s he is riddled with emphysema like he's dying yeah so they kind of play that card to him and they're mm-hmm. like look here's your plea deal, and he admits to everything. So he he admits to almost everything. He admits to the beatings and the drug trafficking and the buying off the juror in the first court case. Mm-hmm. He allegedly, or not, not allegedly, he uh, confessed, he paid the female juror, juror number 12, $50,000. And Jeez. that was why it was a hung jury, because she wouldn't sway. Yeah. So he confesses to all of that. The only thing that he does not confess to is that he says, I sent them to the Wonderland house to get my things back, mm-hmm. but I did not plot or design or conspire the murders. So that's the one thing. He ends up getting fined, uh, you know, Basically two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which mm-hmm. for him is chump change. Chump change. Oh, like, just he, like sell a house. Send by. it my way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he gets a four-year prison sentence. So oh, it's it, like a yeah, slap on the wrist. It it is a slap on the wrist. At least they got him for something, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it, it all just ends. And so that is why, as you yeah. we were saying, this technically is an unsolved murder. Yeah. Because. John never told. Eddie Nash never told. He confesses to like 85% involvement. But that last little bit, we will kind of never know because now – everybody's dead. The Everyone dead. The remaining two members of the Wonderland gang are dead. Yeah. Eddie Nash is dead. John Holmes is dead. Like
0: David Lynn is dead. All of it. Gregory at, is dead. Like, Gregory Diles passes away in 97 of a liver failure. We have Eddie Nash who passes away at 80, I think in the early 2000s. Yes. You, have, you know, Holmes passes away in 86
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, or 87. And uh, you, of course, there's no one left in the Wonderland gang. Right. But I felt like they would have, even met like uh, their demise later on in life because yes. you know
1: well, when you're living a certain kind of lifestyle
0: yeah like dave lynn dies of an overdose yes so there you go i mean i felt like that would have been their direction regardless yes and um i mean the case is still left
1: unsolved because they just don't know the how? Like, yeah. right? You can put almost all of the pieces together, but yeah. technically, it is still an unsolved murder. It is, which is just so
0: frustrating. But Tom Lang knows, like, what happened. Uh, yeah,
1: I think he is one of those people that when he's like, "My gut tells me this thing," like, "Yeah, you're someone whose gut is very trustworthy." It's yeah, as we've seen, as yeah. we've
0: seen in you know a very big case mm-hmm. in the '90s. I'm really thirsty for some juice. I know. Blink, blink, blink. OJ? blink. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, what happened to the rest of the people in the story? such mm-hmm. as Don and yes. Sharon. You know, uh, Sharon ends up passing away in 2012. She moves to Oregon after retiring from nursing. And I think she, she got sick and she died. Yes. Um, and then Don is the one who really comes ahead. Like she, yeah, she really, she really does. does kind of nice. Well, like there's Sad. a 180. I know. Like, so Don soon sobers up and ends up marrying, you know, another man later on in her, in her life. She ends up having two children um, she helped the writers of the Wonderland mur- uh, movie. Mm-hmm. She was there on set the whole time. Mm-hmm. So she kind of played like an associate producer.
1: She has her own book, she has Surviving own... John Holmes. Yes, that was another thing. I think it's just thing. so amazing. It's like, here's this woman who was like groomed and a predator like pursued her. Yeah. And then she's like addicted to drugs because of him. And yeah. she's being prostituted because of him. And she's living this like hell life because he's beating her all the time and it's just like this horrible existence and then like she comes out on the other side and she gets her life together and she has a family and she's like on her own two feet and like what a like beautiful ending for her Yeah. and like if if anyone that I think does in this horrifying story deserve like a beautiful ending it's her Like she really Endured such horrible atrocities, and then like comes out the other side. She turns it around.
0: Yeah, she ends up um, she ends up turning her life around. I know that she ends up working in the legal professional um, industry. Like she works as a paralegal Mm in um, Los Angeles for a bit, and then she goes on to teach women's studies and activism at Oregon State. So she gets her MFA and she starts teaching. That's amazing. Yeah, and then um, after I know, and then after that, what gets What's even more awesome is she served as a board member for Shelter from the Storm, mm-hmm. which is a nonprofit organization that helps um, women and children from battered homes. That's amazing. It's really cool. Like she really, she really like did a one eighty there. Aww. But yeah, I mean, John Holmes was Ugh. the king of porn. But even the king can fall from grace, you Mm -hmm. know. And in reality, he was a criminal, a thief, a liar, everything. Mm -hmm. And like I said before, too, crack can make you do the unthinkable. And what really makes me so upset after reading like the gusto that he gets for being the king of porn, it's like he was an asshole. This man, first off, stole from his friends, you know, burnt a lot of bridges, put his wife through so much torment, cheated on his wife, and then ends up selling Dawn to eddie nash who then sells her to a mistress in the valley
1: yeah excuse me yeah
0: (laughs) finds out he has aids and then proceeds to go on and you know shoot more you know film with these actresses and has intercourse with them Mm -hmm. but fortunately i know and i researched that no one contracted contracted it it, thank God. god Thank God. It was a rumor that he got the AIDS virus from Joey Vale in one of the porn films because he dies before John Holmes. He dies before John Holmes because I was researching. They didn't come out with the AIDS test until 1985. Yes. He gets tested positive in 86 and then who passes away in 86 is Joey Vale. Right. And then they kind of start linking those like, you know, links together. Like, well, there's a connection right here. We think he got it from here. But other than that, he was cocky in every sense of the word, mm. every sense of the word. And I know that he remarried and his wife is still giving him praises, but it's just like, mm, no, in my book,
1: That's the thing. I, he, I was talked just about a, this. he was a sad, poor yeah, man. I, right before we started, if you look at his Wikipedia oh, yeah. page... <laughs> It's just like so clear that, like some little fanboy like is in charge of editing oh this. God. i got I just started laughing because there's like, after all these horrible things he's done. yeah, there's like these little subheadings at the bottom. and it's charitable work. Hobbies and penis size, those are the last <laughs> three subheadings on his that Wikipedia. That is his page. legacy, guys. He's like, I don't care what his charitable like, what he prostituted a minor like, his charitable work, his hobbies. I don't care. I don't
0: care. That doesn't Ugh. make up for the fact that he really, really, yeah, he and like, let's let's be real, he caused the death of these four or five people. I mean,
1: yes, let's
0: be real. In my opinion, he was there. Yes. He knew what he was Love doing. Love it. Let's
1: get into opinions. Yes. My favorite part. To
0: me, John Holmes was a victim of a lack of self-discipline. hmm And he was a man that needed... He was a FOMO. Yeah. Fear of missing out. Yes. He had to be involved in everything, literally and figuratively. Yeah. And involved I, in everything. You know, and again, so. I
1: think with drugs, with alcohol, those kinds of things. Let me get real preachy. Go. Um, I think it does bring out the worst parts of your personality. It does. Um... And so you're just functioning on this, like, obsessive need for your next hit. And everything else gets bleached away from that. Yeah. And so it's like you look at him, and for better or for worse, I mean, he's still cheating on his wife. He's still a garbage human. But he really did take the craft that porn was in the 70s very seriously before he starts doing drugs. And then you... See, it's literally, like, pre- and post-cocaine. Mm-hmm. He's two completely different people. Whether it's right or not, it's not. Like, I'm not trying to defend him morally. I'm just saying that you can look at, like, his dedication to the work in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's really, like, he actually believes that he's doing something important with his life. That it's his chosen yeah. thing.
0: Is this cho- He's Johnny Wise.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then after... It just turns him into the worst version of a bad person. He's already a bad person, but it just makes him even more despicable. Mm-hmm. And there is literally no limit to what he will do to get his next fix. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, 100%, he is responsible for mm-hmm. these deaths, for the difficulties that Don had to go through. Yeah. and. Yeah, like fine yeah he was also prostituting himself and like he was doing his own thing but like when you're involving to other himself. people yeah. it's just so despicable it's
0: very sad it's very sad yeah and that's our opinion of John Holmes in this mm-hmm. whole entire case so guys, we're going to take a little break. Yes. We're going to bring you this little promo and then we're going to dig into a little surprise. I'm going to surprise Bryce with something real quickly <sighs> and then we go into the paranormal aftermath, guys.
1: <laughs> what you've so, all been yes, waiting
0: for. Yes, we got ghost here. So we'll be back in just a second. Psst,
1: Bryce. Hey girl. Do you
0: know what an RSS feed is?
1: Uh, really smooth Starbucks?
0: (laughs) I I thought the same thing too, but nope. It's really simple stuff, or Ah. according to Wikipedia, it's a really simple
1: syndication. Right. That's the thing that Blueberry provided us with when we started our podcast.
0: (laughs) Yes, let's be real. None of us knew where to start out Mm -hmm. while creating our podcast in the beginning, and Blueberry helped us out a lot. I
1: know. They seriously make everything easy for us podcasters.
0: Blueberry hosting is highly optimized for using WordPress. Press with PowerPress. Blueberry makes publishing your podcast in three easy steps.
1: Step one, produce your podcast. Mm-hmm. Two, write your blog post. Three, publish.
0: It's like a recipe. WordPress plus PowerPress plus Plus, Blueberry hosting equals success.
1: Mm, I like that. A recipe.
0: Hosting with Blueberry also allows you to be in control. Plus, there are no third-party sites to log into. No contracts so you can cancel anytime. time. It's optimized for iTunes and creates support for all platforms.
1: So, if you're browsing for a new hosting site or if you're planning to start your own podcast, then Blueberry is the perfect place.
0: Head on over to our website, hollyweirdparanormal.blueberry.net, scroll down our blog post, and click on the Blueberry tab link.
1: And use our promo code WEIRD if you're interested in receiving a free month by signing up with Blueberry.com.
0: Free is a good thing. Start creating with Blueberry.com.
1: All right, but now I am craving Starbucks. (laughs) Let's go all drive. Yes.
0: Hey, guys, we're back. Bam. Yes, so uh, I have a little surprise. I love surprises. For Bryce and for you guys. We're going to go where no other paranormal and true crime (laughs) podcast has gone before. We're going to read.
1: <laughs> Look, if you try and get me into the basement, uh, I can't.
0: <laughs> so that's my you line. You mean, a haunted cave. Yeah, that's my A line. haunted tunnel. <laughs> I, I need a safe word. Banana. Nah. All right, so guys, I while doing research mm. on the history of porn in LA, I came across something on Reddit. This oh, no. little piece of poetry. I found a porn script
1: Stop.
0: from a uh-huh. porno called Youth and Asia.
1: Oh, and man, there I have are a no little puns script. like porn puns. There really aren't. You think your dad has puns? Not like porn do.
0: Armageddon. Mm. Oh all right. My God. Oh my. God. Second part is armageddon Honor. Oh,
1: I'm blushing. I
0: know. Ooh. Bryce, since mm-hmm. you are a trained thespian. Thank you. Yes. Um, would you like to partake in this? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that even a real question? 100%. All right, guys. So
0: I do have a, I've had, you know, some training in the past. So, um, oh, boy. We have the nurse and Mr. Green. And oh. since we live in 2018, I mean, these are, you know, gender fluid roles. Like, yes. You could clearly. be the nurse, you could be Mr. Green, or I could be Mr. Green or the nurse. You get first dibs.
1: I'll be the nurse. <laughs> I don't know if I can be straight. Let's just like call that out. Here we go.
0: <laughs> All right, red leather, yellow Ooh, leather. I I know. Tip of the teeth and the tongue. And I love the it. Teeth. All right.
1: Acting warm ups are the best. <sighs>
0: okay, kidding. Okay. So playing the nurses, Bryce Mitchell Williams, and playing the role of Mr. Green as Tammy Merhave Chavez. I
1: love it. All right. Are you sure you want to do this? I mean, there's so many reasons to live.
0: Like what? My health?
1: Well,. Music?
0: I'll listen to golf.
1: Movies?
0: i watch porn. Oh, which, which makes me horny and reminds me I have no one.
1: Children?
0: They throw rocks at me.
1: Well, I can't help you, Mr. Green. Besides, it ain't even legal. Are we I- Southern? I'm Southern now. I'm changing.
0: Okay, <laughs> we could do that. I'm Southern now. <laughs> I need something to take the pain away, nurse.
1: We'll take an aspirin or something.
0: Only if you have some of that sneezing, sniffling, coughing stuff you hate. Uh, Stuff had fever so I could die. Medicine. Sigh. <laughs> you seem really cool, nurse. I'm ready to go.
1: I'm walking to a table to grab a syringe. No, I don't want any drugs. Well, gee, Mr. Green, how do you want to <laughs> do this? <laughs> oh my god. I want <clears> to <throat> go
0: out the same way I came in.
1: Oh, really? And how was that?
0: I was born by the snatch Stop. I'm gonna die by the snatch <laughs> hold up so I so come and sit on my face so you can take my breath away
1: wow I okay. feel like we have single handedly <laughs> set feminism back 30 years end
0: scene wow. Wow. wow we're ready for porn
1: I'm ready for the south and for <laughs> porn <Yep. laughs>
0: I mean 15 what?
1: billion dollars Bryce oh my goodness <laughs> I mean, look. Realistically, everyone has a price, right? That that is the thing. You can say whatever you want. Eventually, a number is going to pop up that you're like, yeah.
0: You need, call come. me Mr.
1: Green. Yes, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. I guess it means my morality is very questionable. But like again, I have student loans to pay, y'all. Like we do. Uh-uh. I mean,
0: name your price. All right, it's, guys. <laughs> So we're going to get the most
1: <laughs> ridiculous messages this week. Like, hey, you want to work in porn? Um, uh, no, no, thank you. Well,
0: we're thinking. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to come up with a name.
1: The little loading wheel. No. Just, <laughs>
0: hmm. Can you give me a day?
1: <laughs> I feel I'm, I'm going to add. I mean,
0: we need to buy a house.
1: I'm going to add this script to my reel. Like, I just feel like it really <laughs> speaks to me. <laughs>
0: Nurse, yeah, I was the nurse. Well,
1: I'm East turned on, yeah. How could I not be turned on after that?
0: All right, now that we have you guys turned
1: on, mm, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> we're gonna talk about ghosts, yes, the paranormal aftermath of the Wonderland house, guys. Mm. Is there a paranormal aftermath? Hell, yes, when something tragic has happened and yes. so severe in this manner something is always left behind, and especially in Laurel Canyon. Mm-hmm. In the canyons, like we see this with uh, George Reeves yes. in Benedict Canyon. You know, his you know house is supposedly haunted. Yeah. The Sharon Tate house yes. is not that far away from the Wonderland house. And then we have a Wonderland house. That's right.
1: And I'm, we're back in season two. I'm going to say it a lot. Layers <laughs> on layers of yes. trauma. And then it manifests. Like, it's
0: all the bedrock that you yes. know just absorbs everything, and that's something that I mentioned before. You know, you know, something so that severe, so much energy is left behind; it's absorbed. In the canyons, mm. and it stays there. So, what happened to the house after this horrific tragedy? Well, the house was closed off for a while as a crime scene. However, people were still flocking there with deep morbid curiosities to witness the Murderland House, as it was once nicknamed. They were even breaking in to see if there were still splatters of blood on the ground and on the wall.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: Even people were going in there to see if there was any money or drugs left hidden, you know, within the walls or wow. the floors. It was finally sold to a couple who fixed it up and rented it. There was one report in the early 90s from one of the tenants, a gentleman who claimed that he witnessed a few unexplainable occurrences. So this is one of his stories. He claimed that he would feel certain heaviness in a few areas of the home. He had a few friends over one night, and as one of them, you know, walked up the stairs to use their bathroom, he said he felt as though someone was coming down the stairs towards him, and then he felt as though someone pushed him out of the way. Like, they like, get out of my way.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So his friend freaked out. Mm-hmm. And then the gentleman also goes on to recount one particular occurrence in his room, which happened to be the room of Joy Miller and mm-hmm. Billy Deverell. So he claimed that the supernatural activity intensifies with his television. There were times... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, you know, if you've seen the video, you, you've seen what was left on in the room right the tv the tvs uh-huh <gasps> isn't yeah it's so creepy Ugh. they were fa- they were like you know on their like little heroin trip and they fell asleep to the television on and they and it was left on so <laughs> your eye is twitching oh so my bad goodness. Like... so there were times where he would fall asleep to the television at night However, there was one night when he woke up to turn off the TV and after he turned off the TV, his bed started to shake and the TV turned back on again.
1: No. Look, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, but if you fall asleep with the TV on, you're asking to be haunted. I'm sorry. No. No.
0: Did you ever see the movie Boulder Guys? Yes, (laughs) I have. I
1: really (laughs) had to struggle through to get like through it because I was so scared. But yes,
0: they're here. No, yes, they're there. Like this is just based on his accounts. But here's the biggest story, guys. You're not going to believe who moves into the house in 2008. Ready for it? No. LMFAO moves into the house. (sighs) The electronic. (sighs) pop duo who were huge between yep. the years of 2008 and 2011. They're the two that were behind the party anthem themes of party racking, shots, every day I'm shuffling, yep. yes, and I'm sexy, and I know it. Yes, They move into the house so the no singers way. Sky Blue and Red Foo tell their tale on Jojo Wright's YouTube channel after they hinted to Jojo that they were living in a house in Laurel Canyon where a murder occurred. Oh it was my a massacre, God. and there were bodies that they had to pull from the house. So, JoJo was like, oh, my God, I think I know yeah, which one yeah, you're yeah. talking about. So, they couldn't hint to it. They were just, like, you know, giving him clues.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you
0: could find this on YouTube, guys, if you find, if you just Google, like, LMFAO um, wonderland house wow. they go into detail about their experiences and that's what they tell jojo on the channel mm-hmm. they're like we have stories so here is one of their stories so Skyler austin gordy aka sky blue was set up in the room where you guessed it joy miller and billy Deverall were murdered so according to skylar or sky blue Skyler has a punching bag in his room mm-hmm. because based on what he says he's like I like to work on my fitness you know I have a punching <laughs> bag of course so he recalls there are times where he would wake up and he would see the punching bag swinging violently
1: no, no. <laughs> Those are so heavy. You uh, yes. don't, I have to move the one at the gym sometimes. Yes, and you know, yeah. I'm like I'm not no like not trying to brag, but like I'm strong-ish. <laughs> like I can move some weight. I can move things. And it's heavy. It's hard. Yeah. It's awkward. No. Yeah,
0: so he would notice at times that the bag would just swing violently. Oh my god. And mind you, there's no windows open. He no. has a cat. He's like, this cat can't push. No, this there's thing. no way there's no way. On top of that He goes on to explain that he sleeps with his door locked due to, uh, you know, his childhood. His sister would come into his room at night and, like, pour Tabasco in his mouth. Like, fuck with him. That's hilarious. It's hilarious. So he's like, since then, I always would sleep with the door locked. But every morning, I will see this punching bag just swinging back and forth. Like, someone is, like, really pushing it, like, swaying it. So that is his tale. No. He's he's even stated like he's been like kind of freaked out too. Um, then his brother Stefan Kendall Gordy, aka Redfoo, had an incident in the bathroom. No. So his tale happens when he was you know drawing a himself a bath or a shower, mm-hmm. and he was relieving himself while he was drawing the water.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know he's just you know. As he quotes, making a pee pee,
2: <laughs>
0: he hears the faucet of the bath knobs turn off, and he looks over, and he notices that the knobs were moving, and the water turns off Stop. by itself. No. <laughs> he's like, it's not, he's like, this is not due to pipes. Right. Like, I saw these knobs turn. You oh. could hear it. They're, like, screeching, and it, the water just turned off. <sighs> and instantly, he gets this cold chill go down his spine. Oh, and he goes into detail saying, you know, the the faucet, is, I mean, the plumbing in this place is old. Sure. And the appliances are old, and he, he was going into detail about, you know, whenever he would take a shower, you need a little arm muscle for these right. knobs. Like, they're a little hard to turn, so there's just no explanation on how they turned by themselves. Like, uh, you, th- no explanation at all. Yeah. <laughs> so they were freaked out, you know, by uh, these little occurrences that they were sure. going through. They would also hear footsteps and voices. Mm-hmm. And they would you know hear doors opening and closing. So they actually got someone to come into the house and they did a cleansing of the house. Mm-hmm. They burnt sage. They had um, they you know, chanted a prayer. I mean, they were like, we were burning sticks of sage. Wow. I mean, we were just like, get this bad juju energy mm-hmm. out, and then let's party rock. <laughs> <laughs> so um, their experiences inspired them to do a remix of the Ghostbusters song. Oh. So they did a party anthem remix of the Ghostbusters Whoa. theme song. Yeah. 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 And they were, like, if you hear them talk about it, like, they're so chill. They're just, like, you could tell, like, they're kind of spooked. They're like, yeah, um, we don't know how to... And they're serious about it this time. They're like, we honestly do not have an explanation for this, but, you know, some crazy shit did happen in this house, and this is what we went through. So this is the paranormal aftermath of the Wonderland murders. That's
1: the thing is even... Still, one of the things I was looking up when I was looking for, like, clips and things on YouTube... There's like so many people who are like we're going to the Wonderland House and I'm like no. It is such a novelty. No. It's, it was
0: on the Thomas Guides and the Thomas right. Guides are these uh, like maps of the stars, yes. you know. You could find, you know, stars addresses on these guides. Creepy. And one of them is the Wonderland House. And the uh, neighbors would complain like the people course. would try to break in, they would, you know, park their car in front of their houses. I mean, it was a fiasco. Like oh, that area goodness. is just cursed in general. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I know when they did the Wonderland film, they didn't, they shot the exterior.
1: Oh, wow. They right. They only shot,
0: they used the house for ex- the exterior. Of course. But they used the, I think it was two houses down, they used a home there as the interior. Wow. Yeah, because they're all kind of built alike. Sure. Yeah, it's...
1: <laughs> no, thank you, ghost. No, my Please stop turning my shower yes. off. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so
0: there you have it, guys. There are ghosts. There are ghosts in the house. I think that something was left behind with all the yeah, energy. Yeah. What do you shit. think
1: that is? Like, do you think that's like a
0: poltergeist? No, I think it's energy. Like, I think it might think be them. them. Yeah. I think it might be them. I think they're, you know, they haven't passed on. I don't right. think they really knew if they died because they were so drugged up. Wow. And maybe this is their purgatory for being like the human beings that they were.
1: Oh, man. That's deep.
0: Like, if you think about it, like, I think these people really didn't pass on. And I don't think they know they're dead. And And they're stuck there. This is their purgatory. They definitely have
1: unfinished business. Exactly.
0: They're stuck in that house forever. So I think, yeah, that's it. What do you think?
1: That's a hard one. I mean, (laughs) it's hard when it's like such a surprise attack. But, I mean, it's rated as like number seven on the top 20 oh, like yeah. most gruesome murders. Yeah. In I just think like when you have grizzled like you were saying
2: mm-hmm.
1: crime scene investigators who are throwing up and who are saying that it's like worse than the Sharon Tate murder scene. Yes. Those kinds of things to me. Like we were saying leave so many echoes. Like yeah. that is such a intentional violence. I think if at the very least to latch on to that Anger and yeah. violence and occurrence would be so simple. Yeah. Because it was so bloody. Yeah. So violent that, like, to latch onto that would be almost second nature, I would think. hmm. Um, whether it's them or not, like, obviously, I will never go there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, so it's like, well, I wonder if anyone has ever seen or knew what those gang members looked like. to yeah. Be like, oh, that's them. Mm hmm or if they don't show themselves or what, I wonder like I would probably lean a little bit more towards like a poltergeist type energy latching on to the violent occurrence mm-hmm. sh- only because no one said like and then I saw yeah. them mm-hmm. like I recognized Three, three yes. men and two women, or something like that. There that were, would be the only reason, but it does seem it very, very odd about the TVs.
0: Yeah, the poltergeist activity. I mean, that does sound like a poltergeist activity. I mean, right? Because um, isn't
1: that the thing that they're the ones that are like messing with?
0: They're very precocious. Yeah, yeah. And no one there's hasn't been any claims of full body apparitions. Interesting. You know, like Maybe. what was common mists or orbs? Like people would feel, hear, uh, yeah. but kind of see things happening in front of them. And that I'm was sure, like,
1: no two hauntings are the same, so... Yeah. That's just... Oh, man.
0: Many definitions of different hauntings out there. Terrifying. hmm They're Residual. all terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Intellectual, so... That is our story, guys. The true crime and paranormal aftermath of the Wonderland wow. murders. Let us know what you think. But of course, guys, before we wrap up, yes. we got the raffle drawing. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. All right, guys. So, Bryce will draw the names. There's three names we're going to draw. And this is for the mug, the shirt, and another drawing for the tote bag with love a it. little surprise. Um, for the winners, um, please email us your first and last name and your address where you would like your items to be sent. Swag. Please email us at, at gmail. Okay, guys? Yay. So you're ready? I'm so ready. this one is for the mug. Thank you guys for submitting your names. I went on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, recorded your names. So this one is going to be for our special Hollywood Paranormal mug. So you can shaking it. Yes, so you can drink your tea, spill your tea. Mm-hmm. me, me. me. Ooh,
1: and the first so winner is Stephanie Coke. I'm gonna guess or cock. No, since it is the episode, <laughs> girl. If that's not how you say your name, I'm so sorry, but this is the episode for it. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like I just unearthed like childhood trauma, but like you gotta talk about cock. It's fine.
0: Stephanie, Coach Cock, <laughs> you are the winner of Yay. our Hollywood uh, Paranormal. Sorry, we butchered your name, We sweetheart. butchered it, but
1: you are a winner, girl. You are a
0: winner in our book, girl. So we're going to be sending you that merch. Just send us your address at hollyweirdparanormal at gmail.com.
1: Yay, Stephanie.
0: All right, so the second drawing will be for the Hollyweird Paranormal two-tone shirt. You've seen the shirt Ooh, on Bryce. Love it. Obsessed. On our Instagram.
1: And the winner is... Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: Rob S
0: rob s yes. that was from twitter Yay. <laughs>
1: rob i can read the letter s i did it <laughs> i'm so good at reading
0: oh my god rob you are the winner Yay. of our hollywood paranormal shirt in size large or what we like to call size amazing amazing, amazing. so we'll be sending you that shirt to send us your info Yay. and this is for the tote bag yes. this is for the big bag to carry some, all your them. baggage, more baggage than the Kardashians. <laughs> let me tell
2: you. Ooh, <laughs> political.
0: There's a lot of baggage.
1: Uh, what does that say?
2: Jonathan! <gasps> Jonathan! Oh, my... Jonathan! You won the battle!
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm really bad at reading cursive. Apparently, it's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs>
0: Jonathan, remember Jonathan from the listener stories? He's oh. the one that submitted the tale of the of the of silence in the woods.
1: I think about that <laughs> all the time.
0: Oh my god, Jonathan, oh boy!
1: Our Do you want to hear something kind of creepy? Oh I god. was literally thinking just as I was reaching in for this third one, and I was like, let it be like a good one, like let someone. Like, let it be someone. Aww. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> it's the scariest story of all time.
0: Jonathan, you won our bag, and we had left a little surprise in there. So, you're the only one that's going to find out what it is. Yay. Take a picture of it. Please make sure you tag us on it. Post it on Instagram. Make sure to send us your information via email. Just slip into our, you know, DMs, guys. Okay. Okay, So before we take it to a close, of course, you know how we are with our spiritual bays of the week. There are two. One is Guide to the Unknown. I've been talking with these peeps online, on social media. They're amazing. They're brother and sister hosts, Kristen Roger Andersons and william rogers talks about mysteries the paranormal urban legends and folklore while keeping it light they're hilarious they also have a youtube channel so you can see their beautiful faces they're amazing they're very funny their guide to the unknown the second one is two girls on a bench hosts trisha and sienna are two frustrated writers with no time to write How to Procrastinate Now, a podcast, of course, complemented with some fine libations and kazoos. (laughs) <laughs> perfect. It's the perfect combo. They're really sweet and they're funny. And if you need a break from the true crime and paranormal podcast, they're a really good one to listen to. And this is just a shout out to one of our listeners. Happy birthday, JP Chua. I don't know if I butchered your name.
1: but Really doing it this week. Hell we yeah.
0: He gets Supreme Gamer J on Instagram yes. or Twitter, but happy birthday. He mentioned that our season two launch was... Well starting on a speed day, so happy yes, birthday, to happy you. Happy birthday, my
1: fellow Gemini. I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you love Hollyweird Paranormal guys, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the purple app that automatically comes with every iPhone you purchase. It really helps us indie mm-hmm. podcasters out a lot makes us become a little more visible and make sure to stalk us on facebook and instagram at holly weird paranormal and on twitter at hwp podcast guys catch up with our past episodes from season one on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Castbox. Yes. Yes, we guys. Are everywhere. We are. So always remember: don't be basic. Stay weird. Yay. Yay. All right, uh, Bryce. What are we gonna do? Our next episode.
1: Who even knows? Knosed. We do know. I just can't think of it off the top of my
0: head. Oh, the uh, cult. Yes. We're gonna do cult. Yes. The Buddha-filled cult. Yes. The that's pretty right. people cult.
1: I am obsessed. I'm we are knee deep in holy hell on Netflix, oh, so just get ready.
0: And there's no paranormal aftermath, but the producer who is very famous mm-hmm. is living in a haunted place. Stop it! So we're gonna do a paranormal sort of aftermath with that. It's
1: gonna be an amalgam of cults and paranormal. Yeah, my ghosts. whole world. Ghosts. <laughs> Love it. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, we'll catch you soon. Yay. Stay weird. Bye. Bye.